Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Sadiq bin Abdullah, and I'm here with my co host, Aydin Anwar. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Um, and today we have a very special guest actually here with us. He is a local comedian from the Chicagoland area, and his name is Adil Qaisar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. How's it going? Alhamdulillah, everything's great. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. Doing great. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, great. Um, so, is this your first time on the show? Yes, it is. I am familiar with the show, though. Okay. I believe my friend co-hosted this a few years ago. Okay, very cool. And then, yeah, I think they just kept changing hosts. Okay, very cool. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Um, So, you're a comedian. Yeah, I'm a a (laughs) stand-up comedian. uh, Pretty low-key right now, you know, just getting started. Okay. Still a novice, but, you know. Very cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I remember the first time I saw you perform, actually, was at the iHeart Halal Festival uh which took place just a couple of months ago i believe in april in april yeah yeah yeah. i think i actually saw you at um uh what's it called muslim writers collective uh uh, like open mic event uh a while back so yeah ufc i remember you were beatboxing there and i was like this guy's dope man this guy's dope that's right that's right um so uh you know you're, you're pursuing comedy and everything uh what what did you go to school for uh i went to school for computer science so like the opposite of comedy (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah i I graduated from uic about three years ago and i professionally i work as a software developer now okay very cool it's my day job awesome if you don't mind me asking do you enjoy your day job (laughs) um I don't know how, how far your reach is, but I don't want like my <laughs> my boss to hear this. <laughs> um, no, I, it's it's cool. It's pretty like the job I have now is pretty chill, so I enjoy it because um, I work for like a healthcare company, and you know we're actually I can actually see the effect of what I do. So compared to my previous jobs, yeah, I enjoy it. But in terms of software development, I wouldn't say it's like a passion of mine. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do it for fun. <laughs> right so um with that being said uh how did you get into comedy in the first place um i i've been watching stand-up for like you know since maybe like middle school high school my, my i remember my brother showing me louis ck okay i don't know if i'm allowed to say his name anymore <laughs> but uh, i just remember laughing like and i was like this guy's awesome yeah. and i remember um just getting really getting into comedy in general not just like stand-up but like skits right i used to make youtube videos with my cousins uh back in middle school high school okay and um yeah just uh, but i think the f- like stand-up comedy i think like just seeing people like aziz ansari and hassan minhaj doing it i right. was like i could do this too you know right and um which actually <laughs> i mean you pretty much already answered my next question <laughs> so yeah. i was gonna ask you who are your uh, some of your major inspirations in comedy and why you know, for example, oh. like, you know, for me, I loved listening to, I thought Patrice O'Neill was great back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> the best, man. Rest in peace, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, he's gone, gone too young, gone, yeah. too, young, gone too soon. Unfortunately. Um, but, uh, you know, he was, he was incredible. He was wild. Yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle, living legend. Yeah. Uh, uh, Richard Pryor, um, old legend. <laughs> right. right. Um, who are some of the people that you look up to today, apart from uh, Louis C.K. and some of the people that you mentioned um like like i i I enjoy like watching comedy so like i enjoy watching louis ck but i don't think i kind of take anything from him in terms of style and how he delivers punchlines um bill burr is another one and his is very like rant comedy 
right. and I don't rant in my comedy. Right. I tried it before and I wasn't really good at it because I my voice is very loud and okay. I just come <laughs> off as angry and not funny. So, right. and um, Dave Chappelle for sure. Um, yeah. Also, like Hassan Minhaj, like I I'm I'm not like a huge fan of his stand up, okay. but like I'm a fan of him. Sure. Just because he's just an inspiration to me. Sure. As, sure. Like a, yeah, as a definitely. person. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I actually saw Hassan Minhaj uh, perform live at the University of Minnesota, which is uh, where I went to for undergrad. And this was about, I think, maybe two years ago or so, three years ago, maybe, before I moved here to Chicago. And that was a blast. He was hilarious. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the audience was, of course, you know, majority Muslim. So a lot of his jokes were very much geared towards. Uh, a Muslim audience, uh, Islam-oriented type jokes, uh, family-friendly uh, uh, event, very much so. Um, which leads me to my next question. I mean, oftentimes when we t- see a lot of these Muslim comedians, right, people like Hassan Manhaj and you know Rami Youssef and now you, of course. <laughs> um, no, dude, not in, don't even put me in the same <laughs> sentence, man. It's disrespectful I mean, to them. Dude. I mean, <laughs> maybe one day, inshallah, right? You'll, yeah. you'll, you'll get to that level, inshallah. So, um, so my question is, are you a Muslim comedian or are you a comedian who just so happens to be Muslim? What is your approach to comedy and uh, what influences it? Um, I'm... A- Okay, first off, like I don't want my mom to hear this, and like I'm a Muslim first and foremost, right? right? right. So, I, but I don't like to say that I'm a Muslim comedian just because I feel right. like that pigeonholes my, my right. whole act. Um, like some of the stuff I say on stage, like might not, like I, my mom asked to s- hear my uh, stand up, oh, and I was just like, <laughs> I just kind of changed the subject because I don't want her to hear this kind of stuff that I say. Like even though it's not even like I'm swearing, it's just right. kind of like there's some taboo topics in there that like I never told my mom and like sure. I just feel uncomfortable about yeah but um I I think that uh I, I the way I gear my comedy is like I don't want to say anything that's like that's like straight up haram you sure. know right right like I in my and like I a lot of a lot of people say like oh that's like an obstacle in the way that you do comedy then like oh it's gonna like you know right. deter you from going right. to certain subjects but I think um it, it it kind of enhances it because yeah. I can tell stories that and still st- stories and jokes that other people can't mm-hmm. like if you guys listen to my set like like I don't think there's a non-Muslim that could say my set and people would think it's funny right they could just read off the jokes and like they could prepare it but everyone would be like what right. you know? it doesn't apply to them yeah it's not authentic right yeah. um, yes like that the whole like idea of authenticity like like so I'm trying to phrase my question here correctly so you know I'll of course, you're, you're set. You want it to be authentic. You want to essentially manifest that, that sense of authenticity. It's, it's catered to who you are and to some extent catered to your audience who's listening, which may or may not at times be majority Muslim. Um, but at the same time, you want to also remain cognizant of the fact that you know, you're trying to you know, craft a, a very specific type of art form that you're passionate about. Um, so how do you go about navigating through what we would typically consider to be haram or or whatnot and then trying to like balance that out with like simply just trying to enjoy performing and just a quick note for listeners haram um means like not permissible so yeah just for just for context <laughs> for, for a non-muslim audience yeah non-muslim <laughs> audience means not permissible in the religion so drinking alcohol would be one of them for example yeah. pork <laughs> <laughs> the biggest one <laughs> right. um all right uh saw the uh could you like 
just rephrase the question a little bit. Maybe I'm like getting a little Sorry. confused. <laughs> Sorry I feel like it was a, I feel like, yeah, the yeah. question was kind of long-winded. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, how do you, you know, in, in trying to avoid, right. you know, anything and everything haram while at the same time pursuing your passion? You know, how do you kind of balance that out and what's your approach? You know, how do you, you know, you mentioned like not wanting your mother to hear certain things because, you know, they're taboo subjects or haram subjects or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, this is something that you want to pursue without feeling that sense of like religious guilt. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't feel the religious guilt. It's mostly just like I don't want my mom to look at me differently. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure, I, sure. I, I don't think my set was uh, or my set so far has been like going into like haram territory maybe sure. like borderline but like <laughs> i don't i don't think i'm but it's just things that i don't want to s- want my mom to like see me saying right um even though like like one of the like stories is like me being called a certain type of name right when i was growing up like a nickname about right. my name sure um and i don't want my mom to hear that even though it's a true thing yeah and i don't want my mom to hear that because she would just be like how do you know what that is? What even is that? You know? I mean, you know, right, like, right, right. she listened to my set, so, like, <laughs> I, I don't want, like, you know, I don't want my mom to Google that kind of thing. Right. It would be kind of weird. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, go ahead. Honestly, I mean, that is actually one thing I was thinking of when I was listening was, like, oh, my God, like, what if your parents were there? Like, how would they react to this? Because you, you mentioned how you don't want your dad to be there either because yeah. he'd just be like, why aren't you studying or, like, something else, yeah. you know? So, um, I know, I know for sure. My parents would also. I'd be like, you know, if it were me, I, I wouldn't want my parents to be listening to the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if like, if my comedy career actually goes somewhere, I will feel less. I, I, I would be okay showing my mom just because she'd be like, oh, okay, at least this is like right. making you something like. Right. You, you're you're yeah, it's making people laugh right. and like it's a subs- you're making a substantial <laughs> effect. Um, yeah like right now like okay we we sold out a theater with like 110 seats yeah but like that's 110 seats and a lot of them were like you know a lot of them were people we know a lot of them people are just random people off the streets that sure. just came in but um um yeah i i think uh if if it actually goes somewhere this whole like comedy per, like me pursuing comedy then i think uh i'll definitely show my mom yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> i think she'll be proud of it too yeah for sure so does your do your parents so they know you're you're doing comedy but you've never invited them to one of your shows or like how do, how do you navigate that like do you just say like i have somewhere to go tonight and then <laughs> just you know like. no no they they know they know i do comedy but like the show is in chicago they live like you know in the west Suburb, suburbs right, so like right. they weren't gonna c- go all the way to chicago to watch me do comedy but <laughs> like my 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 mom has seen some of my sets like the i heart Halal, uh, okay and she's seen that one um and you know she texted me good job so like right she thinks i'm okay at it i think right. so um but it's just like certain jokes that i feel like uncomfortable saying around my right, mom right um but hopefully you know one day yeah so yeah. obviously so you mentioned how you don't want to like pigeon you pigeonhole yourself into a specific like niche or whatever um essentially i mean assuming that you want to kind of branch out in like uh, uh the entertainment industry in a more wider uh, uh aspect um how how would you how do you hope to contribute to that or, or what wh- where do you see yourself in comedy or where do you see yourself in the industry how do you see yourself contributing to that um that I, I don't think my ultimate goal is to like I personally it isn't to like oh get a netflix special or whatever yeah. i think it's just to it's just to do comedy and have fun doing it yeah and right now like the like i go to open mics 
and op- most open mics in Chicago, they're in bars, right? Right. So I go there and I wait my turn for like an hour. I wait an hour to do five minutes in front of like drunk white people <laughs> who ha- aren't like half listening, you know? Right. But it's practice. And like even in those like scenarios and like in that environment, I feel kind of uncomfortable yeah. being there um, just like as a Muslim. But um, yeah. like I got to practice somewhere. I got to see right. if like a joke hits somewhere. Right. I can't just like say it in front of my mirror at home, you know? I got to test it in front of an actual human being. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, speaking of taboo subjects, as we mentioned earlier, just briefly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this past April, the show Rami uh, was released on Hulu. Uh, I watched it. Uh, I loved it. I actually cried, um, to be honest. Uh, it really hit home for me in many ways. Uh, it was very, it was very personal. Uh, it was very authentic, and was, I thought it was very genuine in that regard. Um, I know you watched the show as well. Uh, yeah. What are some of your thoughts on that? Um, I think you. I think you've seen me on Twitter just going off. On it. Like <laughs> I, I love the show. We both went off. Yeah, on it. <laughs> I love the show. It's um, and like, uh, there's like one scene that uh, definitely hit home for me. I, yeah. I think it was end of episode three. Um, it's when uh, he uh, tries marijuana for the first time. Okay. And he's he's really upset, yeah. and then, uh, like just like feeling really guilty about himself. He feels really shameful. So then. Yeah. He goes to the the local masjid there, and then uh, there's this dude cleaning the masjid, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, you want to talk?" And then he's like, "Yeah." So then he t- he sits there and he's like, "Oh, you know, I used to be that guy who never s- did weed, and now I'm just like everyone else." Yeah. And then the dude looks at him and he's like, uh, "You know what that is? That's your ego speaking. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that you even thought you were above people who smoke weed in the first place—that's yeah. your problem." Mm. And then I was like, "Damn." It's panelable. Yeah. That's that Sufi wisdom, right? There. Yeah, dude. I'm like, yo, that <laughs> show is like low key, like no, like people it's aren't deep. noticing. Yeah, it's, it's, deep. it's very deep, and people are like, they're just looking at it on the surface of, oh, like, oh, this Muslim, he's like yeah. sleeping around, like, bro. We both like, we all know people who do that. Right. Like, we can't act like it doesn't exist. Right. But at least like this, it speaks Mus- to the reality of yeah. what a lot of Muslim youth are going through or have been through in the past. Exactly, and at least this Muslim not char- to justify those things, but right? Yeah. And at least, but he's and the, that's the whole thing about the show. He doesn't justify his actions. Right. He's actually trying to better himself. Yeah, absolutely. And most Muslim Muslim characters we see on TV on mainstream TV, that's like, oh, like oh yeah, I drink and I smoke, I do this, I have sex, and then it's just like and that's it. And that's it. Like um, then Islam is okay with it, which is like not what we all believe, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> So I myself haven't watched a show and I'm not going to comment too much on it since that's not something I've watched before. I don't think it's my place. But I just remember seeing a lot of commentary on Twitter, like Muslim Twitter going off and being like, just, it was just straight up criticism where it was like, oh, like, you know, he's like making it seem like all Muslim Americans go through this or they do this. And it's just, and it almost seems like, um, I guess to the non-Muslim audience, it's like, Oh, Muslims do like smoke weed. They do sometimes want to have. Sex. <laughs> we're human like they're, beings. They're we're like, not yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like you know, and, and that, I think that was right. where the criticism came from. But do you guys do you guys have any response to that? I think no, I think where much of the criticism came from, uh, and this is just based on my personal obs- observations of what I've seen online. Many of the Muslims who were very critical of the show either didn't watch the show in its entirety or approached the show in a very binary manner, in the sense that. Um, they looked at the show in a very black and white manner as in, you know, this is halal, this is haram. They, they were looking at the very, you know, surface level aspects of the show and not realizing that the show was not meant to 
primarily, uh, you know, uh, uh, provide adequate answers to matters of spirituality or anything in that regard. Rather, the show was about a lived experience, right? A narrative, and a very personal narrative at that. Um, and I think many people who criticize the show miss that, right? And as you mentioned, Adil, earlier, n- Rami not only was not trying to justify those, you know, uh, immoral behaviors, but rather he was trying to essentially personify this uh, concept of the struggling Muslim, right? The Muslim who's trying to uh, uh, improve himself. And not only that, uh, to even take it a step further, uh, as you also mentioned, Muslims are typically portrayed in media as either extremist, uh, violent extremists, or nowadays especially, in order to combat that extremist violent narrative, uh, as you know, they're of- Muslims are oftentimes also portrayed as uh, extreme liberals, right? And neither of those two things speak to the reality of what our community actually is. And so what I loved so much about the show was that it tried to present uh, 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 this genuine uh, uh, lived experience of, of normalizing religiosity, right? Oftentimes, I feel like Islamic religiosity is conflated with violent extremism in the media, whereas Rami was saying, hey, look, you can be a normal human being and be religious and being a, being a struggling Muslim at the same time. Um, that's kind of like how I saw it. Yeah, exactly. And like, just like, like, okay, the, one of the first episodes is like him going through like these, um, we call them, or like Rishta dates where like, uh, where they're <laughs> yeah, like, you know, trying to, his yeah, parents are trying yeah. to set him up with someone. Yeah. And uh, it kind of like goes off the rails and it's like really crazy thing that happens. And then I'm like, okay, but then this is a TV show. Things, crazy things are supposed to happen. Sure. If you like, if you like documented my like normal Rista date that like my parents would put me on, it would be the most boring TV episode (laughs) of all time. You know, like it would just be, we're sitting there getting coffee and like, okay, nice to meet you. And then we go home. But like, you need to put conflict in TV shows. So like, uh, dramatize it. Yeah. You got to dramatize it some way. But do you guys think that that maybe dramatizing that could have been taken away from maybe the reality of how things usually go or maybe for him that was a reality i i don't know i mean i don't know how how exact i mean he did say i remember i was watching an interview that he he was giving on it but he was like i was trying to make this show as reflective or like he was he said i was trying to make this a very honest experience i was true to myself so i mean perhaps it did happen or something similar happened but you know the whole drama maybe that's where the criticism came from is like oh this is so dramatic and like it's it's not really like what would happen well i I think at the same time though people have to realize he is a comedian and the show is supposed to be a comedy genre right (laughs) entertaining like right uh, but that's yeah. not uh, sorry to cut you off yeah. that's not to like you know again justify the immoral behaviors and I do agree that perhaps like some of those suggestive and explicit scenes could have been like presented differently right. maybe toned down slightly in, in some kind of way but I mean I don't know I'm, yeah. not, I'm not I'm not an expert in the entertainment yeah. industry or what production is like so yeah I'm not I'm not gonna judge him for that like I'm just happy that we got a show that's like pretty true to our experience yeah for sure definitely and so going off of that uh, you and I both attended his HBO special. Mm-hmm. I, Subhanallah, you know, I actually I ran into him at the iHeart Halal Festival the same day I saw you perform, and then I was on my way out uh, with a friend of mine, and then we bumped into him, and <laughs> we, we bumped him in him randomly, and we're like, "Hey, Rami, salam alaikum. What's going on? What's up? Uh, we were supposed to see your show like a month ago in April." But then it was canceled, and he was like, yeah, I was busy filming some things, blah, 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 whatever. But you guys should come out to my next show. We're like, oh, when is it? Tomorrow night. Oh, <laughs> and so, so he yeah. invited us out. We went, and then, uh, uh, then you were there, of course. And uh, so, you know, t- uh, all that to say, 
uh, or to ask, I should say, uh, when we were sitting there and when we were watching him, you know, do his thing and he was performing and he was great and he was making everybody laugh. How did you feel? What was your, what were your thoughts? I mean, did you feel inspired? What do you, I mean, what was kind of going through your head? Um, I was just kind of confused about the circle stage in the beginning. <laughs> so I don't know if like, you can't even tell in the HBO special when you watch it, but he's like standing on a circle stage and he was like, you know, moving around in a circle, looking yeah. in all different directions while he's doing this special. But I mean, yeah, I was definitely inspired. Like just the lighting and everything, yeah. being in the Chicago Cultural Center right. with that like backdrop, everything was just like perfect. It seemed like it was yeah. unreal, you know? It was incredible. And he killed it. Like. Yeah. He didn't mess up once. Like, there was nothing that went wrong. <laughs> it was just perfect, like, a perfect hour. And it was amazing. The ending was just... <laughs> man. I can't yeah. believe he did that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. That takes yeah. some uh, guts, man. Yeah. For, for those, for those yeah. who, who don't know uh, exactly what we're talking about, be sure to check out Rami Yusuf's uh, special on HBO, and uh, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. The, um, en- the ending is insane. Yeah. It was, it was, it was amazing. In addition to you know all of this, um, you know being Muslim, being a comedian, uh, you know, or being of any ethnic or religious minority group or whatever, people oftentimes talk about the idea of representation and why it matters. Um, that being said, what does representation mean to you? Um, see, like, like seeing it on screen, like yeah, I, I like one thing that I love watching every Sunday now is Patriot Act, Hassan Minhaj. Okay. Not particularly because I'm like. He talks so fast, it's hard for me to enjoy. <laughs> but, like, I just love watching him, you know? Just because yeah. it's, it's just a brown dude who looks kind of like me, you know? <laughs> if I had to took off my glasses and, you know. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, like, Hassan Minhaj, like I've, he, like, I've been a fan of his since he was making, like, those YouTube videos with his friends in college. And it's just, like, it's just inspiring to see something like that. Yeah. And, um, I don't, like, I don't watch enough, like, media. Like, I don't watch, like, TV a lot. I don't watch a lot of movies anymore. Yeah. But, like... Um, so like it doesn't mean that much like oh i need to see a brown guy in this movie or else the movie sucks you know like i watched once upon a time in hollywood okay i thought the movie was awesome and i don't even i can't even remember like a colored person in it you know like actually one of my fraternity brothers actually was in the film oh yeah yeah he played bruce lee okay yeah yeah, yeah bruce lee man <laughs> Yo, and everyone's tweaking about Sh- that shout scene. out to mike mo yeah like everyone's tweaking about that scene and i'm just like you know it, I haven't actually it's haven't seen the film yet. Okay, but. it's a yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a like I don't know, man. It's like it's it's the directors or in the writers like his his look at it. So right. we we have to respect it. Like sure. It's uh, I don't know if you watched Dave Chappelle's new special. It came out yesterday. No, I've yet to yesterday. watch that. You know, like he just went off. Like he's like, yeah. this is my this is my stage. This is my microphone. This is my show. If you don't like it, get out. You don't have yeah. to turn off your Netflix TV or whatever. You know, right. like if you don't like it, you don't need to watch it. Right. But people are still like watching it and then writing blog posts like that are long-winded. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's going after these people. He's going after these people. This is his work of art. Like, what do you like? Just back right. off, you know? Yeah, yeah. I so, um, so have you experienced any like negative criticisms from people? And if so, I mean, how do you how do you take that? How do you respond to it? Nah, I mean, because I'm not controversial at all when I do comedy. Sure. Like, my comedy is just basically my own experiences, my own stories. Yeah, um, you can't really say like oh i wish you put something in your story like why well, i can't change what happened in real life you know right um so i don't i don't really i've never experienced that and I, like i don't I haven't had enough people watching me to like actually have haters so right, right. so i can't yeah i have a question for you so um 
I, I, I was kind of like thinking like oh if I were to become a comedian I had like I was thinking about my personal experiences I feel like I'd run out of things to say at one point like you know because you're I maybe have a lot of cool experiences to make a show on you know what I mean but for me I feel like I maybe run through that challenge have you has that happened to you or do you feel like you know you're like maybe a couple years down the line should I keep repeating the same you know storylines like how does that how do you like cope with that if if it happens so I think I still have like life to live right so I'm still like I'm still pretty young so like I, I like I've never I've never went through like my college experiences and thought of stories to from them so far like I haven't thought about that yet so I know I have that much material that I can say um like even high school even like the 20 minute bit that I did on Saturday was pretty much like my elementary middle school and some like you know just observational humor but like I think um yeah I got life to live so I think I don't inshallah you know so (laughs) um I'll I'll definitely have more stories I think so funny stuff happens all the time yeah of course (laughs) which reminds me yeah I think you know even uh, when watching Master, uh, Aziz Ansari's Master of None, you know, he, he put out a first season, he put out a second season, and then um, people were anticipating a third season. And when he heard about all this, I think his response was something along the lines of, you know, uh, he wants to kind of live his life out a little bit more and see what's yet to come. And then he kind of wants to uh, revolve the script around his you know, personal experiences, um, which you know, is totally valid, right? Yeah. Um, I think you know some of the greatest and some of the most authentic and funniest things come out of those real life experiences, right? Um, so yeah, um, do you have any other upcoming shows in the near future? Uh, we so the group that I've been doing comedy with uh, we're called Terminal Five Comedy. Okay. So I don't know if you guys get the reference Terminal Five. Oh. <laughs> so Terminal Five is the international terminal at uh, okay. O'Hare. <laughs> right. And, uh, that's amazing so we had this, like f- a f- group of five comedians and uh, we rented out a theater and on Saturday okay. we sold it out pretty quickly and we had a lot of people on the wait list so we're thinking about throwing the same show running it back in October okay um, stay tuned for details on that okay. but I, I uh, we haven't booked a final place yet yeah yeah. But, yeah. Um, who are some of the other people that you uh, perform with in this uh, Terminal 5 group? Uh, there's uh, Yazid Suleiman. Okay. I think you know him. Yeah. yeah. I met uh, him before a couple times. You were supposed to come on here into the show today. I don't yeah, know what happened. It's like it's hard to get reach out to that guy, man. He he only responds to uh, Instagram like comments. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's uh, Rami Abushab. Okay. Uh, and then there's Yunus Daher. Okay. And then there's um, Muhammad Ali. Sure. Not Muhammad Ali, you know, okay. he's a comedian. He's an he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a, yeah. He goes by Momo. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, he he's an improv uh, comedian. So right. Um, yeah, cool. he hosted our show. He did a really great job. And then yeah, yeah that's uh, us five. Very cool. I mean, we hope to you know bring more people on board in terms of like our shows and just yeah. getting like a more diverse set of yeah. characters. Um, but yeah, so far it's just us five. Very cool. That's awesome. And this is somewhat unrelated. But like it made me when you talked about when we brought up representation, it made me made me think of the whole debate around like to what extent we should be represented in these forms of media. Where like for example, like I'm thinking of a situation where um, you know we had I'm forgetting her name. There was a Somali model who modeled for Sports Illustrator, which is uh, basically advertises for its company for swimsuits which are typically bikinis and like you know the modeling 
pictures are typically really um exposed a lot right and so they had a um a launching of i guess like a burkini so it's like a muslim version of a swimsuit and um i, I should remember her name but the model essentially she she poses in it and then like posts or like it, it goes up on social media and there was a lot of criticism saying that what she was wearing wasn't actually modest it was still showing the shape of her body and whatnot and that that kind of whole that whole thing kind of sparked a conversation around like what representation like what line do we draw when it comes to representation right it's like if everything if it's just about like oh we want to be represented on this site or on this site or we had the whole debate around nortuguri going on playboy right like modeling for playboy um like that whole thing right it's like we don't do we just do things you know just for the sake of representation without thinking twice about the platforms that we're supporting you know what i mean because for example playboy or sports where illustrator it's like pretty much kind of like endorsing porn or supporting the porn industry but then as muslims were like being represented on there like what you know that's just something i thought of i don't know if you have any thoughts on that or maybe things that you've seen before that kind of conflict with that because i i think that would be one of maybe maybe if i was in the industry kind of you know maybe something that i would struggle with with trying to make sure that we don't cross the line when it comes to those kind of things um yeah so i don't really want to comment on like what's modest for women with some women and stuff so like that's but i do have an example so like um you know when i when i was a kid the only representation we saw on tv was apu from the simpsons and uh like apu like i loved him you know i thought he was hilarious but you know people would call you apu in school just because you're the only brown kid or whatever right um i wasn't really bothered by it just because apu is like dude he's uh Okay, I, I googled this. Okay, I googled this. Apu has a PhD in computer science. <laughs> Apu graduated first in his class. He owns his own business. So like, right. This is like every Asian parent's like dream child, <laughs> right? I just like wh- wh- I don't like. Okay, yeah, he has his vices, but everyone does. But the problem with Apu is that uh, a white guy does his voice, right? Oh right. Yeah, right. which is like. Okay. Problematic. Yeah, that's problematic. Sorry for context. Can you? Because I don't know who Apu is. So, I know. I'm, no, I'm just saying. Could you? Could you give like some? Um, no, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying. Could you give some like maybe context as to what type of character he was supposed to be portrayed as, so people understand what, you, what you're referring to? So Apu was a convenience store owner oh. and on The Simpsons. <laughs> he was the only brown, like not the only brown character outside of his. Uh, so his family, he had eight children all at once mashallah uh, yeah <laughs> and uh yeah and his i forgot his wife's name but yeah she, oh, was, she had a really long name i think yeah or no i think it was his last name that was long. His anyways last, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so th- that's basically who he was he ran this his own convenience store and um but yeah that's like the stereotype like oh yeah indian people have convenience stores um but like again like i don't see the problem with that a lot of people do but the only problem i saw without food is that a white guy did but back then like you know in the 90s and early 2000s and mid 2000s that was kind of like whatever but now i like so recently i think in 2017 this uh this comedian made a documentary called the problem with apu oh yeah yeah and uh, he kind of went over this and he's like oh apu's a bad stereotype he makes indian people look bad a white guy's doing his voice the simpsons should cancel apu the character they should write him off the show and i'm kind of just sitting there you know when i saw it come out and i'm like yeah. yo who watches the simpsons anymore <laughs> you know like, this right. isn't 2001 you know so like i, I the, addressing that problem now was kind of like what's the point 
no one's watching The Simpsons. It's just a, it's just a show that's like on, that's run its course and is about to die out. But now this guy brings attention to it, seemingly just to boost his own career. So, um, I think we're just you know we need to really evaluate what we're getting upset about. Apu from The Simpsons is not an issue anymore. He's right. it's such a dead show. No one cares about it. You know we we got to care more about like I don't know one. So one thing about Master of None I didn't like. Mm-hmm was uh the episode where he's with his cousin did you watch master yeah no? season two episode three it was called religion i remember it very distinctly yeah <laughs> you know what i'm talking about like exactly right. it, it was just weird that like um he he talks about like oh like who cares if you eat pork he takes his cousin to like a pork festival i don't even know what it was it was, it was like a barbecue festival. barbecue festival yeah. and they were just eating pork all day and then uh at the end of the episode he quotes uh a verse from the quran to justify what he's doing and i'm like wait what like that that was kind of like weird you know i think that's that's one of the like major distinctions between master of run and rami yeah right? whereas rami is not trying to justify his immoral behavior aziz ansari is yeah right yeah he you know like aziz ansari is like an openly agnostic uh, atheist dude yeah um yeah. so he's not even Muslim, yeah so. um but but yeah like just using using islam to go against islam was just a weird to me like oh strange concept. yeah it's just a weird like it didn't make sense to me so that was like one thing that i was kind of like confused about but i didn't like you know tweet about it or anything i was just like whatever i'm just not gonna watch it <laughs> like this episode yeah. again it was whatever i i think like it's kind of wasteful to waste your time with that i mean the show's already out it's on netflix i'm not gonna take it off because you know 200 muslims tweeted about it you know right Right. So yeah, that, that I, th- I thought you know that show is very interesting. Um, you know, he he takes all the uh, kind of like Muslim or Islamic aesthetics, and then but then very explicitly separates the Muslim from anything Islamic in and of itself. Right. And and so that the whole thing was just weird to me, and especially and especially looking at the context of you know trying to fit Muslims into this like ultra-liberal context or, you know, political or social milieu while, you know, and then you look at the way Rami is produced and constructed and written and it's it's, it's a very interesting dynamic uh, uh, between the two shows. I'm assuming you don't, you don't, uh, your comedy probably doesn't fall in either uh, of, well, I, I, was, I would assume your comedy falls more closer to um, Rami, more than it does Aziz Ansari, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Rami, even his style, uh, the way he does comedy stand up, it's uh, it's definitely like I I remember watching him like uh, on Colbert when he was coming up, and yeah, I then that. I was like, dude, this guy, the way this guy does comedy is like, it's very smart, and uh, it's very controlled, and it's something that I feel like I can, not like, uh, not steal from, but like kind of like use that style in my own comedy. So that's like yeah, sure. the way that he delivers, the way he times his stuff. It's like. It's something that's very attainable. Like, uh, like I can't go out and do a Bill Burr s- set yeah. because Bill Burr is way too energetic, way too angry, but funny at the same right. time. He's very aggressive. Yeah, and uh, like I can't go out and do like a Hassan Minhaj thing because he's just too energetic. I can't do that on stage. Right. I'll like you know pass out or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, like the way that Rami does uh, stand up is something that I feel like it's uh, it's a it's a, it's the way that I like to do comedy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, in your time performing, um, have you come across like Muslim female uh, uh, comedians, yeah. uh, uh, and and what were your like interactions with them? How do they like deal with 
a lot of a lot of these things i wish i had a, a muslim you know a sister on here who, who's a comedian as well uh, to be on here maybe one day we can have her on the show what have what have what have you know some of their reactions have been to in terms of criticism and and, and whatnot? Um, I've I've met one other uh, female Muslim comedian. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more, but like I, I know there's a lot more in Chicago. There's a Sabine Sadik, but I haven't really met her okay. uh, formally. But uh, this is one I met at Muslim Writers Collective. Her name is Hiba Bati. Okay. Um, so she she's a stand up, but she also does a lot of improv with her sister. They have this YouTube channel. It's called uh, Uncivilized. Okay. Very clever. Yeah. Yeah, and they're very funny. Very funny. Um, in terms of like how they deal with it, I'm not exactly sure because I, I don't really like keep that much touch in them unless we're doing shows. I'm like, yo, come out to this show, or they tell me to come out to their show. I think they're performing this Saturday at the Steppenwolf Theater, as part of Muslim Writers Collective. Right. So uh, definitely gonna check that out. Um, but yeah like uh her style of comedy is uh she tells a lot of stories about her growing up she has a lot of siblings and it's just naturally funny the way she delivers so yeah sure that's awesome yeah yeah man um i have uh i have one more question Uh, i was just curious to know what the process looks like when you're like coming up with what yeah material and like how long does it take you like from obviously okay everyone obviously you're talented Michelle, and you can do this but like like how do you have moments where you just literally just get stuck and you have to go back to it the next day or does do you find like maybe you get inspiration throughout the day about some random topic that comes to your head you're like oh this is perfect like what does that process look like of putting your material together and do you like sometimes like you don't have to answer this but like do you ever like write down specific lines and then like memorize it or is it just come i guess you just kind of like made like memorize the main points and then kind of go off from there so it's uh the way i write so like i'll give you an example i have a joke about being a hip-hop fan and being a muslim and i feel like those two things are like i remember thinking about that like at work and i'm a really weird guy like i'll just start laughing to myself at work or <laughs> and i'll look like a psychopath i might be walking down like the loop alone with my earphones <laughs> in and i'll just start laughing so like these ideas those ideas just kind of come to me and i think it's funny so then i'll write it in my notes in my phone i remember writing hip-hop and being muslim and then i left it and then i remember revisiting it like you know when i have some downtime at home or something i go through my notes i'm like all right why did i think this was funny and then i write it out in terms of doing things word for word no like i can't do that like memorizing is too hard and i feel like it makes it inauthentic like yeah. uh like i'll uh if i memorize it word for word and something happens in the audience that like kind of throws me off i'll be done like i'll lose my place you know yeah so yeah i, I memorize the main points i know what i'm going to say i i know what my punchlines are going to be but i never word for word because i feel like it's just you need to leave some room for like some improvisation you know? yeah for sure so um that's pretty much my process i i have a notebook where it's a three subject notebook one is titled joke ideas the other subject is titled ideas (laughs) just general ideas (laughs) and then the third one is called full jokes where i plan to write it all out but i've never used that section so right (laughs) um yeah man what with all that being said what are some pieces of advice uh, that you have for up-and-coming uh, other Muslim comedians? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm still pretty much a beginner, so I don't really want to, like, s- sure. like, put myself on that kind of pedestal. But, like, if you you want to get started, 
not just as a comedian but as anything um you want to do some some form of artwork is to just do it for comedy that means just going to an open mic that you're comfortable with and just trying it right you get three minutes or four minutes on stage have some material ready you're probably not going to do well the first time and it's just to have really thick skin while you're going through the process because i can't tell you how many times i've been on stage at an open mic or anything and i tell a joke and it just falls flat right nobody laughs people are looking at me weird i'm just like all right just got to go to the next one and like you leave that place and you got to let it just slip your mind you know what i mean yeah so do you not do you not run by run your jokes by some of your closer friends before you get on stage or do you sometimes <laughs> just go for it on stage and just see what the reaction is uh, because like telling your joke and like uh telling your jokes in like a conversational setting it doesn't really translate to s- the stage and vice versa you know like if i if i say a joke that i told um, during my set during a conversation it would just be weird you know what yeah. i mean because like it's all about timing and the way you you know rehearse it um so no uh and like like i i might do it to some of my comedian friends like the terminal five comedy group i might like if we're in person they'll they'll know that i'm telling a joke that i would tell on stage so they could visualize it but just like my regular friends that i'm hanging out like i'm at my friend's basement like i wouldn't just start talking about hip-hop and islam you know like (laughs) it's it's a weird thing right and uh and that like naturally like my closest friends will tell you like i am not like that funny in person so (laughs) it's just like it doesn't translate well and like i i remember i tell some of my friends like i do comedy i do stand-up and they just look at me like you're not that funny though like (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i just have to like yeah it's a whole different game so yeah um, for sure yeah all right well uh it was very nice having you on here to the show uh inshallah we can have you back on again uh some other time in the future uh uh, and thank you so much to all of our uh, listeners uh tell listeners where they can find you on social media all right yeah uh you can find me on any social media at i am adil q and uh, make sure to follow me and follow terminal 5 comedy on instagram for our latest shows and uh, inshallah yeah i hope to be back i really enjoyed this yeah for sure definitely I am your host, Salif bin Abdullah. Thank you so much for all listening. And I am your co-host, Aydin Anwar. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Radio Islam. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>